getting you ready for game number three already in the 2019 Cleveland Browns season. This is the best podcast available. Jason Gibbs, he's Nick Shook, he's Andrew Gribble. We all got the memo. Everybody's wearing Browns gear today. That might be the first. I, th- I think you and I usually do. I think Gribble's the one who's Gribble's more, the rebel. More, uh, I don't know if he's the rebel. Uh, it, he he has he's the birthday boy. Let's just say he has better fashion taste than us. Yeah, I just uh, I go with a variety of looks. Apparently, you know, because if if you wear some Browns gear, odds are you're wearing the same thing as someone else every day in our oh. department, especially. Yeah, that's a very, good point. very true. Because yeah, we do have one person that orders everybody the same thing. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll keep go it, with that. Keep it eclectic. Wow. Eclectic, that's outside yeah. the box thinking that I don't have. I don't know what Shook's doing, but uh, I <laughs> apparently don't wearing Browns gear every day. Yeah, I'm wearing Browns gear. I'm wearing the same thing as someone every day. All right, the Browns. We have a game on Sunday. Hard to believe already. Third game of the season. It's flying by. It is flying. Uh, as the Los Angeles Rams come to town Sunday night football, first time since 2008 uh, that we will be featured on Sunday night. And looking forward to it. The crowd will be crazy. Everybody will be amped up. Uh, but this is a L.A. Rams team that comes into town with a lot to be worried about if you're the Cleveland Browns and Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I mean they're well balanced on all three phases. I mean they, I don't, I think their offense got a lot of attention last year, but really, I think to me the thing that worries me most is their defense. They have the best player in the NFL and Aaron Donald on their defensive line. They have a really good secondary that got better this offseason by adding Eric Weddle. Uh, and you just, it's a team that just, I know the Saints had their issues with, with Drew Brees and everything like that, uh, but to limit the Saints to nine points is impressive. Uh, no matter if it's a home game, no matter if you knock out the quarterback, they're playing pretty well. They they bottled up Carolina pretty well in that first game, uh, and they just do, they really do everything well. They pass the ball well, they run the ball well, uh, they make their field goals, they do crazy stuff on punts. I mean, this is a really good team for a reason, and honestly, I mean, I don't know, if you play that Super Bowl ten times, how many times do the Rams win? Do you think maybe I give them four? I mean, how many times does Sean McVay not admittedly watch too much film before right. the game? Right, and I think I think they were the more talented team. Oh yeah, by far in that sure. Super Bowl, they just got out coached. Yeah, and I, I wonder if they had a couple more cracks at it, they they might have won a few times. And I, I just and they really did bring back basically everyone. Uh, that matters. The only one who really they lost was Indominus Sue, and then they went and replaced him with an edge rusher. I know he's not an edge rusher, but in that defense, it's kind of interchangeable. They replaced him with Clay Matthews, who's playing very well for yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a team that usually you worry about Super Bowl hangover for the team that loses, but they, they weren't built to not this be. They, they, they've got all their pieces, and they're, they're playing pretty well. Well, again, I think that they see a window. Here's your window. You have the quarterback, and yeah, you just gave him a big extension, but this is your time now to make something happen. And they've stacked the roster since they moved from St. Louis. They've made it a point that we're going to win and we need to win now to build the fan base, get a jump start on the, uh, on the Chargers, and, and kind of win over that area uh, of the country. From a from a fan standpoint, and that's what they're doing. And it's funny too because the Chargers are playing pretty good football as well. But you know yeah. what? I mean, let's think about how many franchises and even franchises currently that are, that f- just kind of just drift around. You know, they, you, you go through a season and they have no real definitive answer or option under center, and then the Rams go and spend their first pick of that draft on Jared Goff and kind of just force him into being effective. I mean, he's been good the last two years uh, with Sean McVay and. 
and seems like they just continue to trend upward. And he's he's developed into a legitimate NFL quarterback. And and at there were times when he was younger, especially his first year, he stood in the pocket pretty long, which is I always gave him credit for, and even under duress. But there were times where we were like, I'm not sure if this pick's going to work out. Carson Wentz looks a lot better than Jared Goff does. But right now, the opposite is true. Jared Goff is a legit quarterback, and he's somebody that an opposing defense is going to have to be worried about every week. And then you add in the rest of their pieces, they've got three solid receivers. They've got an excellent running back in Todd Gurley. They have a pretty good backup, too. And they have an offensive line that changed two pieces in the offseason but hasn't really seemed to miss a beat. So there's really no weakness there. You know, we spent a lot of time this offseason talking about this Browns team and saying, well, I, I don't really see a weakness. And, and that may be true, but you look at the Rams, I really don't see a weakness with that team. No, they don't, top to bottom. I mean, as much as we talk about offense, as much as we talk about defense, the special teams might be the best unit on that football team in terms of how they play week in and week out almost to perfection, from the kicker to the punter to the coverage units. Yeah, they've got Greg Zerline, nicknamed Legatron for a reason. They've got Johnny Hecker, who's an amazing punter, who is a unit of a punter, by the way. He's like six foot five. He's a stud. And uh, JoJo Natson is a dangerous returner. You know, Mike Prefer said today, JoJo Natson is terrifying to him. He's just, he's one of those guys with elite speed. He's got the ability to get the corner. And once he gets the corner, watch out. He almost did that last week and uh, ended up tripping up. And it was like a return of 30-something yards. But it could have gone to the house. I mean, you, you just see this guy's potential every time he returns the kick. So, yeah, there's no weaknesses anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just you, you got the Rams and the Patriots on, on your schedule. Arguably the two best teams in the NFL right now. You want to be the best. They, you got to be. Yeah, teams. and they came out. Both teams came out strong out the gate. They're looking very much like themselves, if not better. I think the Patriots look better than they did last year uh, at any point last year. Sure. Uh, and I think the Rams have something to prove this year. Uh, the only thing you can hope happens is there are some ugly, not ugly, but not as pretty road numbers for this team as compared to home. But I thought it was impressive the way they played week one going into Carolina. But I think they are a different team at home. They play really well there. And they're a team that plays really well with a lead. So that's not it's not a team you want to fall behind with because they were they will keep the, the throttle down and they will make the game uh, a laugher if they have to. Like that, and, and, and one other thing I can point out, Todd Gurley might not be the Todd Gurley he was a couple years ago, but they're dividing his carries a lot more. He only he has less than 50 percent of their carries right now which is crazy compared to what it used to be a couple years ago. But Malcolm Brown's really good, and sure. Daryl Henderson's a good change of pace back. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's kind of strange because how often do we see a team that was really good last year come flying out of the gate? And we see both teams that were in the Super Bowl come flying out of the gate and, and are clearly the two best teams in the NFL right now. We just happen to play host to one of them in Week 3 and might have some additional adversity we're dealing with this week uh, if we look at the injury report. So, you know, not a no no easy sledding for the Browns. Maybe last week a little bit more, but it's it's definitely uh, not a, a a schedule. And we knew this looking at it going into the season that well, you know, it's going to be a tough first six weeks or so. But it seems like it's only getting a little bit tougher. So we'll see how this team handles it. And it is getting tougher. Uh, the injury report. Uh, I think every day we kind of wake up and we hope when the injury report comes out, it'll be a lot better than it was the day before. And it's not. Yeah, I missed the week one injury report. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, I just I, I look at it now and I, I don't know if there's, you know, this it's Thursday. It's a little early, but I don't know if there's going to be any healthy scratches on on Sunday. I mean, you might have that many guys down for this one. Yeah. I mean, that's there are reports out there. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network saying that Christian Kirksey will miss Sunday's game with his chest injury, whatever that might be. 
we know about David uh, Njoku's wrist, and they're trying to figure out, as Freddie said today, what the course of action is going to be with that. You have a whole – your safety room right now, if you had to start today, it's probably going to be uh, Whitehead and, and Murray starting at the safeties for you. Yeah, a little more optimistic on Burnett since he's been out there at least a little bit. But yeah. So is Kirksey, and we got that news today. Yeah. So I, I think there's – and then Hubbard, you know, walking around in, in a boot, you know, at yeah. one point. Uh, it was early in the week. And, you know, last year, I would caution Browns fans, J.C. Treader for the last seven weeks of the year wore a boot like through Friday. Yeah. Practiced Friday, played fully, and never missed a snap on Sunday. So hopefully that's not the course of action because we're only in week three, but – Right now, that you know, let, you can only hope that that's going to be the case. This is why you have training camp. It's why you have the preseason. This is why these snaps matter for these guys. I mean, in you, especially at tackle, as has been displayed so far with Kendall Lamb hurt, there's not just this ripe market of tackles out there that you can just plug in to your system. I mean, so you're going to – if you don't have Hubbard, it's, it's going to be Justin McCray, and you're going to probably have to make some adjustments to, to, make, to make things a little easier on him. Uh, but you can't do too much because you have to account for Aaron Donald in the middle there. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough, but uh, for me that just makes it even more imperative that you get the ball out quicker. You don't put uh, Baker in situations where he's holding on to it a long time because when you've got issues at, at one of the tackle positions, uh, you don't want to leave your quarterback vulnerable back there because they'll make him pay. Yeah, this is not going to be a game of deep shots, at least not a lot of deep shots no. attempted, and, and rightfully so because uh, – they're going to be facing pressure from all angles for most of this game, especially if you have an injury up front. Yeah. No, I, I think that a lot is going to be asked of Baker Mayfield and some, for some of the leaders on the team that are healthy to carry this football team uh, on Sunday night. How do you get Baker on track? Hollywood Higgins looks like he's starting to practice a little bit. Knock on wood, he's going to be ready to go Sunday night, hopefully. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – that, that has to only help, I would think. I would just say get him in rhythm, get, get – and, and get the Rams, uh, you know, just keep sustaining drives, which is something this team hasn't done, really. I mean, that uh, I was just reading an art, a really good article from Connor Orr uh, over at the MMQB analyzing what the Browns did against the Jets, and there are some numbers offensively that put the Browns in the same categories as the New York Giants, which is not where you want to be, but then you're tops, near the top in the league in explosive plays. So this has been, a, I would say, kind of a boomer bust offense right now, and I don't know if you can survive that way against this particular team. You can win some games that way, uh, but in this matchup, you want to be holding the ball as long as possible, sustaining drives, and really finding a rhythm on offense. Yeah, I think if you think about boom or bust, you think about both ends of the spectrum, right? Well, this is a defense that's not going to give up the boom end of the spectrum, so you want to come away from the bust end of the spectrum as much as possible. So if you're not going to get here and you end up here, let's bring this here and come back to even. And the way you can do that is just with a well-paced, well-balanced offense. It's not trying to do too much with every play, but just trying to pick up three, four yards of play. Because guess what? you got three downs to get ten yards. You can do three, four yards of play then you're going to get a fresh set of downs and, and methodically move the ball down the field. And you know what? Maybe you win this game with time of possession because you know you're going to have to rely on your defense a lot as it is, but you don't want them out there all day. So that kind of offense is really conducive for uh, potentially coming away with a win here. And you have the players to do it still. Yeah, absolutely. Show. Yeah, you absolutely do. No, this, 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 is a, this is a lot of injuries, but this is – this is uh, they're not going to you can't use this as an excuse. I mean, no. like you've built this roster in a way that yep. you should have capable replacements. And yep. honestly, 
the only one of these injuries in terms of backups, there's a couple that make me a little nervous that I think really can hurt you, and they're both on offense. I think it's going with McCray at right tackle. He's just he's just not a he's he's a guard, yeah. and you're putting him at right tackle. I think that's that raises your concern. But he, I think he did play well against the Titans, and then Najoku, you just you don't have a replacement for that. You have Dem- Demetrius Harris, who was brought here to be your complimentary piece to Najoku. Now he's your number one guy, and then you're relying a little bit more on Pharaoh Brown, doesn't have a ton of experience, and Ricky Seals-Jones. I mean, that's your ro- those are the guys you're rolling with. So otherwise, on defense, I'm I'm okay with what you have at safety. I, I think I'm okay with Mac Wilson at that spot. I think yeah. it's a it's a, I think I it's agree. a drop off at, from Kirksey to Wilson, but I think you can survive uh, that injury. I just the the ones on offense because that's the area where you're already struggling. Those are the ones where it, you would have loved to see those guys be healthy. And more, most importantly, above all else, if you eliminate your, your penalties, your self-inflicted mistakes, <laughs> you will in, give yourself a chance in to a be normal in this game season, Sunday night in and a, win this In a game. normal season, we would have been hand-wringing about nine penalties and talking about how we need to cut down the penalties. Yeah. But yeah. it was half of what you had in week yeah. one. And three of them were letting the clock, you know, the play clock expire, so yeah. you take the five-yard there were no, there were There were only a couple crippling penalties, I would think. I, th- I would say the most important penalty in that game was Miles's roughing the passer that was on the Jets' scoring drive. Sure. That was really it. And you can't that, have that. Yeah. The, the, Sunday night, the Rams are not the Jets. No. You can't do that. Anytime yeah. you do that, they're going to go get seven. They're not going to get three. They're going to get seven. You have to play about as good of a game as you can play fundamentally on both sides of the football, and you have to play as mistake-free as possible. That's both in, in playing within your scheme, within yourselves, and also – avoiding those penalties and, and you know just looking at their depth chart now I just think about you know the, the possibility of McCray at right tackle and I think well man he's gonna have to deal with the likes of, of a Clay Matthews or of a Michael Brockers and they they made some work of the backups uh, Saints offensive lineman after they lost Andres Pete in the middle of that game last week so you really hope that with the week of preparation and his experience and his familiarity within James Campen's uh, offensive line uh, tutelage that he'll be able to step in there and play, I think, above his head because it's going to be necessary. Yeah, we have the players. We have talent. We can match up. We just got to play clean. We have to play clean. Yeah. It starts with that. All right, coming up, we'll give our keys to Sunday night's game. Right now, though, I had a chance to go one-on-one with the Browns' rookie kicker, Austin Seibert, coming off a great performance on Sunday night and really or on Monday night, I should say, and since that first missed extra point has been pretty solid, both kickers have done a very nice job here so far. Yeah, you've gotten, I think, um, it will perfect or near Pro Bowl performance from both of these guys, and they're both rookies, and, and they're really embracing. I think once they get those first game jitters out of the way, start to get comfortable and realize, look, it's a long season. It's longer than anything we've ever been through, and we have the support of our coaching staff. And it also really, really helps to go get a win. And and I think that that just slowly builds confidence for them. And as they get more comfortable and more used to the routine and the environment and the stage of playing in the NFL, and this, like again, you know, the support of their coaching staff, they'll only continue to improve. And for now, though, it's, just, it's a really strong showing. It's nice to not have an issue at kicker at the moment. That Cybert bought himself a little equity on week two. Yeah, I think the, a, little little bit. Bit, a little bit of cushion because I think you know it's not going to be a perfect year for him. And I think it was a tough start to miss your first extra point. Uh, and then after the preseason, that was a little bit up and down. But this this shows you what he can do and why, you know, if, if say, you miss a kick one of these upcoming weeks, you don't have to start bringing in 15 guys for tryouts. I mean, this is this is your kicker you're rolling with, and he showed why with two – I mean, two good makes. That 48 and 43-yarder, yeah. those are good field goals. Yeah. Outdoors, a little yeah. bit of wind. 
Good time by him. Good job by him. Uh, we sat down. We talked about making those kicks. What Jarvis Landry said to him before halftime uh, after Jarvis made that great catch to set up the one field goal. And, of course, we preview the L.A. Rams and their fantastic special teams unit. Here's Austin Seibert. Have a listen. A big week for you kicking the football on Monday Night Football. Did your posts, did your notifications on your phone increase a little bit playing underneath the lights uh, on Monday night? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but that's that's what comes with playing football. Um, I try and limit my activity on those as much as possible before games. Um, so I'll delete my apps and then I'll re-download them after, after the game and just kind of helps me psychologically get dialed in and ready to go. So how many text messages do you think you had after the game on Monday? Oh, shoot, I'll get anywhere between 100 and 150 after games. Other guys probably get a lot more than that, but. That's pretty good. What has been the biggest change for you in moving from the college game to the pro game, kicking the football? Um, I'd say, honestly, just getting a new routine down. Because in college, we scored so much at Oklahoma. On the sideline, I had a different warm-up, whereas to here, you got to stay loose. And I think just figuring that out uh, will help a ton. And last the last game, I got a pretty good gist at what I need to do to kick well. And uh, just, just being smart um, and just having fun and staying relaxed. Mike Prefer, uh, your special teams coach, w- was talking last week. You know, after you'd missed the extra point in week one, he said he just has to take his time. He's got to set himself up. How much of that is really the whole key to your success, one way or the other? No, it, it definitely is. Uh, week one, I was very excited and anxious to get out there and get your first NFL game under your belt. And this last game, I prided myself on staying calm and just staying in the moment, not letting all the uh, it's during the NFL, like stuff get to you. So I definitely think I did a good job of staying calm and just just being myself and staying true to who I am in my form. You're running out on the field right before halftime. Jarvis makes that incredible catch, gets popped across the middle, gets up. Jarvis is all fired up. He's talking to everybody. I saw him say something to you. I don't know if you can say what he said or not, but what was his message to you as you were running out? Uh, he just said, like, come on four, put it through. Um, just positive feedback. I mean, that's my job to go out there and capitalize on that great catch and great pass. So that's, that's, that's what I did. And just having teammates who are putting the pressure on you a little bit, it makes me want to come through and, and, you know, finish strong. So, so does, that, does that also include Baker? I know Baker, you know, talked about he, he's trash-talked you in college and carry that over into training camp and whatnot? Yeah, no, just – as much if a teammates are talking to you and like expecting you to make kicks and they're getting on you about like if you miss kicks that means they they care for the team they care for you they want the best out of you and i mean i appreciate it i mean just gets me more involved with my teammates too if they're talking to me so Uh, you have the one veteran now in that special teams room uh in charlie hewlett you know it, it, you and gillen being the two rookies how big a help has he been to you uh, he's been a, he's been a, a really a really big help uh i think me and jamie make him feel a little bit younger but uh no he's he's a good dude he's he's definitely helped us out a lot uh and just we're kind of just walking the the ropes of being a rookie right now and he's just a good person to have to ask questions and just bounce things off of 
All right. How often do you and Jamie hang out? Is Jamie taking you to any of his hangouts to uh, celebrate with a pint of Guinness or a couple pints? Uh, we, he comes over to my house. Um, we hang out. We hang out quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, we haven't gone to one of his hangouts. Well, we've been to Two Bucks. We've hung out there uh, in Avon. I uh, haven't been to his, his hangouts yet to get a pint, but um, I'm sure it'll, it'll happen in the future. How is your relationship with Jamie? It's, it's good. Uh, I mean, we, we uh, both have a funny mindset. We both work very hard, and we kind of just clash and bounce things off back and forth and just, uh, just mess with each other and just want to get better and be the best that we can be. How important is it? Last week, I know you guys kicked down at the stadium prior to the Tennessee game, uh, and Coach Briefer said it's going to start up again next week. Uh, with you guys going back this week, kind of being a short week through a little wrench into that. How important is it to get down there and and work on kicks in the stadium as opposed to here in Berea? I think it's very important. Uh, the more you can get in there and the more wins you can get used to and just get used to the environment of the stadium, I think the better you'll be. Um, I used to do that at Oklahoma. I'd kick in it once a week and then on game day. So two times a week, and I had the wins down packed. So... It was, it's like the more you know is, is the better when it comes to like the wins and conditions. What did you take away from your meeting with Phil Dawson in training camp? Uh, it, was, it was awesome. Um, it's one of the best to ever do it. Um, so that was just cool just getting to meet him and just to see his, his insight uh, on things. And I was kind of like in awe. Like I've seen this guy kick for – I've been kicking since I was seven, so I know who, I know who all the guys are in the NFL. And, and um, it's – I'm, I, I've talked to him after that as well, just about um, just the wins and just different things, just picking his brain a little bit. And he's been there helping me, and it's just awesome to have a legend like that helping a rookie out. So, Has he given you any advice yet when it comes to November and December and kicking here? Not yet, but I know the conditions. It'll get pretty nasty. Um, but when that time comes, that's when I'll ask him. You face a pretty good special teams unit this week in the Rams. What have you seen on tape? What do you guys have to do to win that, that position battle? Yeah, no, um, I, I know uh, Greg Zerline because when, when the Rams were in St. Louis, I'm from St. Louis, Greg used to help me kick. So it's kind of cool to see, like, okay, he was in his second, third year, and he's helping me when I was committed to Oklahoma. And then now we're, like, meeting up again because I haven't seen him since, since they left St. Louis. Um, so that's pretty neat. I've talked to him a little bit. But uh, for, for us to win the special teams battle, we just got to make all our kicks, have good location, good hang time on kickoffs, and we got to cover the field. And punts, we just got to flip the field, great hang time. And we just got to play smart, play smart football and just do what we can do, and we'll be all right. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, and best of luck Sunday and the rest of the season. Thank you. We thank Austin Seibert for his time. Wish him the best of luck the rest of this year. He and Jamie Gillen have done an outstanding job. Charlie Hewitt's been that veteran in the group that I think has stabilized those two a little bit, given them a little uh, grounding when they've needed it, uh, and a little levity at the same time as well. As he mentioned, having a little fun and you know, getting some laughs in that room a little bit as well. Time now for our keys to Sunday night football. 
How on Monday morning are we talking about this football team being 2-1 and one and getting ready for an AFC North showdown with the Ravens? Gribble, we'll start with you. Uh, I think de- defensively you have to force multiple turnovers. Mm-hmm. This is something you really haven't done much of to start the season. You had the big force fumble at the end of the Jets game and it was already decided, but it was a heck of a play by Joe Schobert to make that happen uh, and keep the Jets out of the end zone for good for that game. But to flip this game, you need to – you, you can't just rely on your offense just beating the Rams down the field. The defense needs to set up the offense with some favorable field position, if not some uh, a touchdown on defense. So this is one of those games where you need a couple interceptions, force fumbles, everything you can get from that defense. I think uh, on the offensive side of the football, you know, I, I feel like I'm saying this every week, and we've talked about this a lot, but I do think you need to establish the ground game because there's really the best way to keep a rush at bay is by establishing the ground game and making them respect the run and the potential of a run. So I think you need to involve Nick Chubb on even more snaps than he's gotten in, in the first two weeks. He needs to be out there on third down and, and six or whatever it is with the threat to run but also the threat to catch the ball out of the backfield. He worked on that a ton in the offseason for those exact reasons, and I think you need to utilize him from start to finish because otherwise you catch yourself trying to throw the ball down the field all game, you're going to end up behind the sticks. It's going to look a lot like week one, and Baker Mayfield's going to receive you know some similar pressure and, and be harassed a lot by a defensive front that is menacing, it is tireless, and it'll cause problems if you allow it to. You got to get Chubb going early, but I also think you got to get some confidence and get Baker Mayfield going early. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, and Baker puts a lot on himself, and it, it Baker has looked good, but he's also struggled at times. It's been inconsistent. And I think just getting him, if you get, even if it's three or four yard passes, like we were talking about, plays under five yards, just something so he gets his confidence going in his wide receivers, in his running backs, in his playmakers. I, I think that can only help against this L.A. Rams team. Now, when you when you do say that, though, it, is, it sounds ideal. And, and it sounds ideal. And it's something that they need to do. But at the same time, the Rams are, are no fools. And, and they might be anticipating something like that. So, you know, overall balance is going to be very key because you don't want to become predictable at all. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater couldn't do much of anything against them. No. No. And I don't know. I don't. It was early, but I don't know if Drew Brees is going to do much against them that week. They, they came out to play on defense in that game, and uh, holding the Saints to nine points, no matter who the quarterback is, is no joke. I, I think, too, Chubb, Dontrell Hilliard, who looks like he's going to be back, Dearness Johnson, all of those guys and all of your tight ends are going to play pivotal blocking roles yeah. <laughs> at some point on Sunday night. You're going to have to have them we, we, helping. We've definitely seen Nick Chubb had a great blitz pickup on that pass to Odell Beckham uh, on the sideline, the one-handed catch early in the game. I mean, if he doesn't pick up that blitz, that throw never happens. That play never happens because he stepped right in the hole, got his nose in there, and uh, took on the rusher. But we've also seen in the preseason when, when the Browns played the Colts, Dearness Johnson also sacrificed his body to, uh, to take on blitzers. And one time he threw his body so hard in there violently that both the blitzer and him just went flying backward. It was like unstoppable force meets an immovable object, and it just exploded. I mean, this is the, these are the type of sacrifices these guys want to make in the pass game. So I think you've got two really good, reliable guys back there. This is not a weakness for them, but you also need to use them in the pass game as well. So, again, it comes with balance and picking your spots. Yeah. Is there an un, is there a person or a player that has to step up that we're not talking about that, that's not named Baker Mayfield or Miles Garrett, you know maybe give me a guy that is off the radar that needs to be on the radar Sunday night. I'll go with T.J. Carey slash Eric Murray because I believe those will be the guys most likely responsible for Cooper Cup. 
that's the guy that can really hurt you on this Rams wide receiving core because you're going to devote a lot of attention to, to, to Woods and Cooks, but that's the guy that can hurt you in the middle of the field. And the, the, the Browns have not exactly faced uh, Randy Moss and Antonio Brown so far to start the season. This is quite an elevation in talent that they will be facing at wide receiver from the first two weeks. Uh, and so this, this Rams trio is arguably, I think, the best in the NFL in terms of balance and, and talent. Uh, and Cup had that huge play against the Saints. He's back, and when he is in their offense, they are so much better because when they lost him last year, they really missed him. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. They were almost two completely different offenses after they lost him, especially in the passing game. They had to rely more on the running game, which then got C.J. Anderson involved and everything else. But Cup's got that big size advantage too, so you know you have to work, look out for that as well. But I'm going to go on the Browns' offensive side of the ball. If you, do, if you are not with Chris Hubbard at right tackle and you have to go with the Justin McCray, it's on him. Because he's going to have to play better than expectation in order to rightfully protect his quarterback and really give Baker Mayfield the time to throw. You know, I like him in the run game. There were even when he came in in Week One, he made some nice blocks that opened some lanes for Nick Chubb. It's just that they didn't, they were too far, too often behind sure. the sticks to really get that run game going. So it's it wasn't on them. And, it, and but he needs to be better in the pass game, and he needs to be starting caliber in order for them to have a chance to win this game on the offensive side of the ball. All right, gentlemen, we shall see. Sunday night football, Browns-Rams kickoff about 8.22. And we'll bring, uh, bring you the recap on Monday afternoon on the best podcast available. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcast to get this episode or any of this season's episodes. And make sure you subscribe to the best podcast available. Like us, review us. We, we look forward to the feedback, and we look forward to your comments. I'm Jason Gibbs. We'll talk to you on Monday. This has been the best podcast available.